Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini-episode to help everyone with some quick listens to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Energy system development for gymnastics, planning and executing conditioning programs. This week's mini-podcast episode is a sneak peek of one of last year's Shift Symposium's guest lectures, Energy System Development for Gymnasts, presented by Dave Alboranis, the Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach at Alabama University for Gymnastics and Golf. Hey everyone, my name is Dave Alboranis. I am the Strength and Conditioning Coach at the University of Alabama, working with women's gymnastics. Uh, thank you to Dave Tilly and everyone at the Shift team for putting this together and for having me. Super appreciative. And thank you all for watching. So today what we're going to be talking about is energy system development. So ultimately, how do we make sure that the athletes that we're working with are conditioned for their sport so that they can have the most productive practices as possible and ultimately be as successful and healthy as possible as they go throughout their season? So we have a lot to get to today. So here's our game plan. First off, we're going to talk about what conditioning is. And so when we look at the science behind it, there's a lot of physiology that can go into energy system development. But ultimately, I want to keep this lecture very practical. So we're going to have a primer on it. That way, when we look at the specific methods that we're going to talk about, there's some sense for why it's in there. But in terms of overall physiological changes that will happen, that's a next level lecture, which I would encourage you guys to go look up because I think it's pretty fascinating. But once we clear that part, we'll talk about specific examples for each conditioning method that we're going to talk through, ways to progress it and ways that you can utilize it. And then ultimately, we're going to bundle that up into a nice package for how do you plan and organize it so that you can take the things that we're talking about and utilize it throughout the year with your athletes. So what is conditioning? What, what are we talking about today? Well, conditioning doesn't have much of a definition unless it has context because conditioning is meeting the energy system demands of your sport. So it goes beyond just, you know, I want to be conditioned. I want to be fit. So I have to go out and I have to run a mile. Well, conditioning for a marathon runner is very different than what conditioning looks like for a power lifter. But both could be conditioned because it's based on what their sport is. One has to be comfortable running for 26 miles and is predominantly a muscular endurance sport. One is based on maximum strength. You also have sports which lie in the middle, right? You're going to need to play for 90 minutes, but you also need to be explosive. So we need to define what conditioning is for gymnastics. And before we even get there, let's talk about how we build conditioning. So conditioning is built on this golden law in physiology called the SED principle, which stands for specific adaptation to impose demands. So let's take that example of a marathon runner and use it on me. If I wanted to get better at running, I should probably run more. So what I'm doing is on my physiology, I'm imposing a demand. I'm running more often. And so because I'm doing that, there's going to be an adaptation which takes place, which is lowering my heart rate or as I go throughout that run and I get better and better at it, maybe I'm not huffing and puffing and I'm not wheezing as much. So my respiratory rate will go down as I get more comfortable with my running. So what we're here to talk about are imposed demands. So the stress that we're placing on the body and ultimately how do we adapt to that? And we wanna gear that towards becoming more efficient at gymnastics. So a quick disclaimer here, as we go through all of this, we're going to be talking about exercises, but exercise really is only the tool at which we're using to deliver stress. 
There's no such thing as a magic exercise, which is going to be the panacea for all of your conditioning needs. And likewise, I don't think you should go off to the internet to find the magic routine and pull it in and copy and paste it for your athletes. Because what we're looking to do is create adaptations. Exercises are just the means at which we do that. So regardless of what exercise you see, it doesn't mean anything unless it has context. And that's what we're here to define. So my first key concept to y'all is that conditioning is not just going out and running a mile because it's going to get your heart rate up and it's going to make you all sweaty. Okay, There needs to be context and there needs to be a reason why behind what we're doing. So gymnastics conditioning is making sure that we're building out adaptations that are useful for our athletes to compete in gymnastics. And ultimately, we want to give the athletes the best possible chance of success so that they can be able to utilize their skills, their routines, and all of their talent to their fullest potential. So our body has three energy systems. The first one is the alactic system. And you can see that this is our highest power producer. However, it has the lowest duration in time. So what happens is when we go through a bout of exercise that's at a high intensity, our body is going to utilize the alactic system to its fullest degree. Once the alactic system is depleted and we need to continue to produce energy and effort, the anaerobic lactic system then kicks in. This is also called the glycolytic system. And so you can see that this is very specific to gymnastics because the duration of this energy system lasts up to 90 seconds. A minute and a half is also the same duration that you'll have for a women's floor routine. And for a guy's floor routine, you'll have up to 70 seconds. So gymnastics lives in this world of utilizing the alactic system and then pushing the anaerobic lactic system to its capacity. The aerobic system does play a part in gymnastics because the longer event durations will utilize some aerobic system. However, the aerobic system is the energy system that we use 24-7. The aerobic system never shuts off because we're all utilizing it right now. This is the longest duration. However, it produces the lowest energy. And so you can see that there's an inverse relationship between how much power we want and how long the energy system is going to be able to last for us. So I really like this chart here, which is the contribution of energy systems based on the gymnastics event. So you can see that throughout most every gymnastics event, ATPPC, our alactic system, is going to be completely utilized. And that's because gymnastics events are high intensity and they're going to have a duration that's longer than 10 to 12 seconds. So as you go past that point, anaerobic glycolysis has to kick in to contribute more and more energy. So you can see where it says females floor exercise, you're going to utilize up to 90% of that energy system as well, which means the longer the duration, the more the oxidative system also has to kick in because that's our longest running, our longer duration energy system. So for things like floor exercise, balance beam, and for men, the floor exercise as well, that's going to have a higher contribution of the oxidative system. So while gymnastics events are predominantly anaerobic, they're glycolytic and they follow the ATP-PC. The oxidative system plays a huge role as well. So what are the rules for building out energy system development programs? The first off is that intensity, duration, and rest are our variables for how we're going to program. You can think of that like your sets, your reps, and the weight that you'll use when it comes to strength training. Same thing, just different applicability because this is conditioning. Progressive overload is key. So we want to have the ability to scale our workouts over time. What's the difference between week one to week four, 
from training block one to training block two, from September to December. How does the program scale so that we're continuing to drive adaptations? And then ultimately, we wanna make sure that we're doing the right training at the right time of year. So just to give you a heads up on what we're going to cover, we're gonna talk about different training methods which hit each of the energy systems. So we're gonna start with the aerobic system and we're gonna be talking about EMOMs and AMRAPs. So things that are low intensity and long duration. For the glycolytic system, we're going to be talking about things that are of a higher intensity with a duration that's going to fit our gymnastic specificity. And then ultimately, we're going to talk about how we build power throughout that so that we can, one, withstand the stresses of the sport and the routines and be powerful while doing so. So when it comes to the goal of energy system development, what we're looking to do is take an energy system, develop the capacity for it, and then transfer that into power. So I like this one quote, which is the tallest pyramids are always going to have the widest bases. So when it comes to building out a foundation for the energy system, we always want to start with capacity. We want to build exposure to it, create adaptations, and then ultimately transfer that into power. Power is when we're going to push that energy system to its fullest potential. And ultimately, that's what's going to be applicable to gymnastics. So as we work across the spectrum of our energy systems, we're going to start with aerobic capacity to aerobic power to glycolytic capacity to glycolytic power. And the goal is to have been done all of those prior to when our gymnastics practice kicks up. So when you look at the development throughout the year and we put this into a timeline, here's the priority for each development over time. So we know that within May, June, July, and August, which we can call our off season, that's when the priority is going to be the aerobic system because that is the most general of the energy systems. We're gonna to work towards specificity as we get closer to in season. So in the early preseason, September and October, we're gonna have a focus on glycolytic because as you get closer to increasing your gymnastics intensity, that's going to check a lot of your boxes for your energy system development as well. So before you start going into full on floor routines, I would hope that you've done something with the same type of demand beforehand. That way you're not taking somebody who's unconditioned and forcing them into full on floor sets. So once you've done that, now you can start to work on peaking, which is going to be more of a power focus, which will happen in the late preseason. Once you get to the in-season then, the goal is all about maintenance and focusing on recovery and fatigue management. So working with that spectrum from general to specific, Utilizing our variables here of duration and intensity, we're really just gonna go through a scale. So we're gonna start with low intensity, but a long duration. And we'll talk about the EMOM, which is gonna be 30 minutes. That's gonna be our starting point. And then the scale will just tip so that intensity increases over time and duration decreases to what's specific towards gymnastics. And we're gonna use the floor routine as our key metric here. So that's gonna build out from 30 minutes all the way down to 70 seconds or 90 seconds. If you want to hear the rest of this lecture, you can access it on the SHIFT website. The 2023 SHIFT Symposium runs from Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, where you can learn everything you need to know about gymnastics medical care, gymnastics coaching, and gymnastics strength and conditioning. So don't miss out. Head over to shiftmovementscience.com.
Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful and that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.